I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Well, I tell you, I saw two superstars score 50 points in a game. We talked about that last week. And then now Durant got 50-some-odd points just over the weekend as well, 53 points to be exact. And, you know, Gary, it was funny because he took this jump shot. You know, Durant's 6'11", almost 7 feet tall. And it was actually blocked. And the announcer said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And the other guy said, why, why are you saying, oh, no? You don't want to get Durant mad. <laughs> and sure enough, he went off and got 53 points. And even though uh, the, the team won because player on the Knicks, they're down by three points with seven seconds left, Gary. He has the ball. He decides that he wants to take a jump, a jump shot for two points. No, I did say that right. They were down by three points. Even if he got, the, even if he made the basket, he would have still lost by one point. The guy was—I I don't even want to call him. You know, just leave it like that. He made, he got fouled. He made his two free throws, and he lost by about one point. So anyway, well, that that wasn't the reason, uh, you know, because uh, but we'll touch on that and okay a little later on. I, I did turn, I did turn other, away from it a little bit, guys. So maybe I did miss. There's other things. <laughs> there's other things that occurred, especially the fact, you know, I guess we're getting into it right now because we're talking about it. Uh, that individual, R.J. Barrett for the Knicks, who's now actually the best player on the Knicks. So as a Knicks fan, I do not appreciate the hate. However, <laughs> uh, he was supposed to miss his second free throw, and he very nicely almost switched it. So yeah. that was the real that was yeah. the real issue. I, I understand, Gary, but the real issue was he should have driven the ball down and taken a three-point shot. And I don't know well, they, why. They, they weren't going to let him take a three-point shot in that situation. Well, you know he, had that. A, he, should have, he should have gone up and let him big foul or whatever. Anyway, it was ugly. It was ugly. But then again, they're the Knicks. But, Gary, on a brighter note, my Yale basketball team, the Yale men's basketball team, pulled off a big victory over the weekend and are now the Ivy League champions. And though we're taping this before the brackets, we don't know exactly who they're going to play. We're not sure if they're going to be a 16 seed or a 15 seed or whatever. That's, that's usually where where the Ivy League teams end up. Every once in a while, they get a break and end up being a 14th seed or a 13th seed. But but I don't think that's going to happen this year. But the bottom line of it is I am very proud of them that they were able to pull off a victory and win the Ivy League championship again. Coach Jones, I tip my hat off, hat off to you. Uh, your, your friend, Gary, you went to his basketball camp many years ago. He's a good man. Um, I did a little recruiting for him as well on the side when I saw some good players at various high schools. And in fact, Gary, that leads me to the players they have on the team today. One guy who, uh, his name is Matt Noling, is a Connecticut person from Allington, Connecticut. He was the Connecticut Player of the Year in 2020, having gone to East Catholic High School. Now, why do I get so excited about East Catholic High School? Because I scored 48 points against them. That's why I'm so excited about East Catholic High School, where they were one of the best teams in the state, What I was playing many, many years ago. And when he played, 
Lincoln, they lost five games and won 101 games. He was two. He was a two-time All-State basketball player. As I mentioned before, he was a player of the year in the state of Connecticut when he played. And he's doing very well at Yale. Uh, he's a sophomore right now. And then, Gary, they had this other guy. Speaking of uh, our other roots, that being Maryland, went to, one kid went to Glenelg Country School, the captain of the Yale basketball team with the Glenelg Country School. And we're very familiar with that institution. And there's another guy who... Is a freshman who was a WCAC player of no, he was he was an all WCAC player. That that stands for the DC Catholic um, Conference. He played extremely well. I'm struggling right now for his name, but he he went to uh, Good Counsel, another school that we're very very familiar with. And so um, I just wanted to point out those two things. But Matt Nolan. A big shout out to him as well as the entire Yale basketball team because he is a nutmegger and uh, he is a player who went to uh, was part of the Catholic school system in, in Connecticut. Um, I've talked about that in the past, how they basically want to eliminate all inner city Catholic high schools in the state of Connecticut and doing a pretty good job at, at doing that since they have closed my alma mater, Sacred Heart High School. I wanted to give those guys a shout out because it was a very tough game. Um, Princeton had a good team. They had to beat Penn as well. And now they will be getting ready for the big dance. Last time they were in the big dance, Gary, they won their first game. And they, I think they beat Baylor in their first game. They lost to LSU on a very questionable call. And then a few years back, they, uh, they, they almost upset Duke. So they've had some uh, surprising results in the big dance. It's tough to get into the big dance, obviously. And one of the things that I like like about some of the teams that are that are playing right now, Gary, the teams that don't have a lot of one and done players, is that the, the players have played with each other for like two or three years, and that that would be the case. And uh, obviously, with all the Ivy League, most no, all the Ivy League schools, but most of the kids do graduate and go off four years. Is that the teams you, you see more plays being used, you see more teamwork, et cetera. And I think that's what happened to Duke. I mean, Duke played against against uh, uh, Virginia Tech the other night, and you know Virginia Tech didn't have any one and done guys on their team, and they moved the ball around, played as a team, and used to playing with each other, and they won. And and Duke uh, obviously will be in the big dance, and I, I do wish them well. And Coach K's last year, but um, you know it's it's uh, it is what it is. But getting back to to Yale. Very happy to see that they're going to be in the big dance, and I hope that they'll get a, they get a good position in the tournament because as a team that plays together on a, in a well-rounded type of manner, they play good defense, solid offense. I hope they can win a game or two and surprise some folks. Well, historically, you know, I'll speak on it just for a second. Um, historically, the Ivy League teams, at least in the last 10 years, they've got – over 13 seed, which is usually a good seed to have because that's usually the the uh, the upset uh, seed. But I actually disagree with you. You know, you know how I feel about college basketball. Um, if they're not going pro, don't care. That's just the way I feel about college basketball. But I'm going to watch March Madness. I'm going to be cheering for Gonzaga. But I don't, you know, and and Duke and all those other top programs. But it is really good to see Yale uh, win the Ivy League. Um, uh, conference, especially over a Princeton team 
that had a better record than they did. Yeah, they did. They did. I got the guy's names now. One, the, the guy from Glenelg Country School is Jalen Gabadon, and the guy from Good Counsel is Bez. I'm going to just spell his last name. M-B-E-N-G. But their star player, Gary, is a guy by the name of Azar Swain, who's from uh, from New England. He's from Brockton, Massachusetts. He's, he's their all-Ivy player, and um, and the game against Penn, he got 25, and he had a stellar game in, against uh, Princeton uh, over the weekend as well in the championship game. So, bula bula to Yale, and uh, may they surprise some folks in the big dance. Gary, you want oh. to talk about football? Yes, yes, and uh, that's actually what I was about to uh, transition to. Uh, you know, the NFL, I want to talk about more on the podcast, and hopefully we will do that, especially as we get closer to the NFL season. There was a few big trades that happened um, in the NFL over the week. Uh, Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, Carson Wentz was traded to the Commanders. I will never like that name, but <laughs> that is just the way that it is at this point. And Amari Cooper was traded to the Cleveland Browns uh, over the weekend. So there was a few big moves that happened in the NFL, and, and, and Deshaun Watson will probably be the next big domino to fall. Uh, now that he won't be uh, serving any criminal time. So the NFL is starting to shape out and get close to the um, It'll be very interesting to see what these teams do. Uh, but I just wanted to, to highlight those a little bit. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is going back to the Green Bay Packers on an NFL um, you know, historic deal. But, uh, you know, Packers fans know Anything about Aaron Rodgers, they're not winning a Super Bowl during his time there. But at <laughs> least, uh, you know, they will have a fighting chance because Aaron Rodgers will definitely be able to put up big numbers and, and big wins for their team. Now, Gary, with Deshaun Watson, who's looking like the uh, likely suitor for him? Would it be the uh, New Orleans team? Or is no. It, is it pretty no, wide right open? now, right now they're saying the two favorites is the Carolina Panthers and oh. the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. They've done the most on Deshaun Watson. Uh, and personally, I think the best place for Deshaun Watson would be the Carolina Panthers. I think the Eagles, you know, just to make the NFC uh, East, you know, back to its proper name, not the least, I would enjoy them to go to Philadelphia. But I think Carolina and Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson on the um, on the outside for the Carolina Panthers. They were actually be a better team than the Eagles would be with Deshaun Watson on it. Well, they are in dire need of a quarterback. <laughs> Cam didn't do it for him. I, that was ugly. That was ugly. But, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully he'll, he'll land somewhere where obviously he's going to start wherever he goes. But what, they'll have a chance to have some good, good receivers, Gary, so that he can uh, really show his talent. Where do you think Gronk's going to end up? You think, think number one, I, I presume Gronk is coming back. Um, I've been hearing that he may go to Cincinnati, but uh, where, where do you think Gronk's going to end up? I, obviously, I don't think he's staying in Tampa now that Tom's gone, but what do, what's your feel for that? What's, what are you hearing about that? Well, what I hope uh, Gronk does, and I think it will be uh, great for football if he does this. He's not going to do this, but I think I think it will be great for football if he went to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't think he's going to do that. I believe he's going to end up going to the Buffalo Bills 
because he knows that division very well, and mm. he also, uh, I don't think he likes Bill Belichick too much. So I think that would be a great place for him to go with Josh Allen as his quarterback. Let's be honest, Rob Gronkowski is not going to make a difference. That's, you know, he's not, <laughs> he's at the point of his career where he, it really doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's still a very good run-blocking tight end, and he can make some big-time catches. Those days of him catching ten passes for a hundred something yards is is over, yeah, consistently in my opinion. I hear. You. Now I can't even think of the guy's name, but I'm going to just describe what he did. Uh, the player who took off his shirt and walked off the field. I think oh, Antonio Brown. Actually, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are eyeing him. I think he'll be gone within the first weeks if that happens. That's just the way Antonio <laughs> Brown is. I think he just needs you know take time off and uh, you know. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think he needs to. Out. Yeah, I think he has to figure some things out, and and then also seek some professional assistance, some help. Um, great talent, but obviously, uh, Gary, we had a, we had a young man on our team who, and uh, we were in Las Vegas playing in a tournament, who actually did something very similar. But he was off his he was off his medication, and we we knew that he had to stay on his medication, and I think he was bipolar, and and he literally. I'm not sure if he stripped on the court, but he, he did something very similar to what, what, what uh, yeah, I think he, I, think, I think he did take his shirt off. Yeah, let's not get too much okay, of that. It was, uh, so yeah, bottom line yeah. of it is people, some, when people, I should not have gone there, quite frankly, when people do need some, some uh, medical assistance, they should get it. And that, that's, that's the, that's the key because they're not themselves and, and, and it's like any other ailment, a physical ailment. Quite frankly, so anyhow, so any other comment about? Well, I think Russell Wilson's going to do well in Denver. Here. I think that's a good move. He, he needed a change of scenery, um, so I'm hopeful for him. And I think that's going to be a very tough conference now. Uh, not that it wasn't tough before, but Denver was a little bit lacking. It, no, Bridgewater did the best he could, but now they got a you know they got an all star quarterback now. So it should be interesting yeah. to see how well Denver does next next year. Yeah, and I also forgot to mention that Khalil Mack is now a Charger as well. So. That division, the AFC West, is going to be the best division in football, not just from a quarterback perspective with Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson now, uh, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, but just from a totality of teams. Kansas City may not be the best team in the AFC West, but we all know in the other division they will be the favorites. So the AFC is clearly stronger than the, than the NFC, which is something that I don't like as a fan because we're going to uh, get ready to talk about the NBA. And the one thing that the NBA has for the first time in years is parity. And that's something that the NFC and AFC, uh, those two conferences, don't really have. Because now that Tom Brady and Drew Brees, who's been retired for two years, are now no longer playing in the NFC, it's a wide open field over there. While in the AFC, it's it's murderous row over there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And once again, Gary, I can care less about a team that can't name themselves after about two years and come up with the name Commander. So I'm not even going to comment about about their new quarterback. And so uh, I can care. I'm not going to mention them. So I, I, until they get a new owner, <laughs> there's no need to mention that team as far as I'm concerned. Like um, I always say, there's no need about bad football. Uh, that, that too. <laughs> that too. There's no need. I want to mention this as well. I'm uh, switching sports on you going to mm-hmm. because there's one person who scored 50 points that you didn't mention. Uh-oh. And it and it wouldn't be fair to not mention him because they're going to mention it on TV everywhere. 
<laughs> and that's the fact that LeBron James scored 50 points against the Washington Wizards this week. He, not, so he had two fifty. He had back to back 50 point games. No, not back to back. Not back to back. He scored a 50 point game against Golden State the previous week. Yeah. So he's done it back to back weeks because wow. he played the Rockets and they lost to them. You know. Uh, but but yeah, in back to back weeks, and obviously they won that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, so kudos to LeBron James to uh, to be doing this in year uh, 19 at 37 years of age. Uh, but the Lakers are so terrible, so yeah. you know, there's really nothing yeah. really to talk about. However, we have to give them proper props to do because when you do that in consecutive weeks at any age, that's very impressive. I, I agree, Gary. In fact, uh, I would probably look to amend my uh, All NBA team. I had him on the second team, but. You know, he keeps doing that. He's going to bump up. He's leading the league in scoring right now I, for obvious reasons after having, you know, a couple of 50-point games. He's averaging 29.7 points a game. That's a He's in a three-way tie because the Greek freak is actually at 29.7, and so is Embiid at 29.7. Uh, but LeBron is, is uh, you know, he's 18th in the league in, in assists at 6.4, and he's getting 8.2 rebounds a game. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, once again, uh, he has to be in that conversation for for all NBA for first team because there's no question he should make the second team, but um, he's, he's coming on coming on pretty strong. It's just that the team is just a total disaster. But uh, we had predicted that from the beginning of the year. We didn't see the chemistry working that well, regardless of if the, all the players were healthy throughout the whole year. They just did not have the, the type of team to go on to. Uh, to glory and that you know they're 29 and 37 i mean who would have thought a team that lebron would be playing on would be that many games under 500 three and ten three and seven in the last 10 games uh, i think this is probably um i mean, we probably have to go back to his first year with the cleveland Cavs. i don't think lebron has ever been on the team this bad have, has he gary is uh, yeah two years when he was with the Lakers and he and he was hurt and they shut him down because they were so bad. So what's happened recently? Uh, okay. You know, but, yeah. but never with the Cavs. Even in his first few years, I think the Cavs were. I don't think they were below. I don't think they were running the water. I don't think they had under five hundred record. I may be wrong in that first se- first season. Um, yeah, I mean, correct. Never with the Cavs. Never with the Cavs. Uh, past his second or third year in the league, correct? Yeah. So this is one of the you know, one of the worst teams that, that LeBron's ever played on. So it's hard to even, you know, I'm not going to know the game was whispering in BP. Oh, I'm sure the, the LeBron people out there in the, on ESPN, the ESPN may be whispering in BP, but you can't. You can just simply can't. The team is just absolutely terrible. And so uh, when you look at when you look at what's happened over the last week, though, Gary, as far as my MVP awards you know, category would be concerned, I, I I, I haven't changed my order. I still have at number three, uh, the Greek freak. That would be at number three. He's he's doing extremely well, and those bucks of his have started to make that climb up that ladder. They are uh, they won seven out of the last ten games. They're forty two and twenty six, only a two and a half games away from being the leader in the East, and that could happen. That could happen before they close of the season. Uh, He's doing very well. I have him in the third spot. The second spot, I still have John Morant in that second spot. And he and the Grizzlies are now in second place. They are tied with the Warriors. But still, when you look at it, who would have thunk 
that the Grizzlies would be in second place in the Western Conference when the season started. Absolutely nobody. And so um, he has to get some uh, high high rankings, for high, high remarks for his performance in terms of the MVP award. Averaging about 27.7 points a game. That's seventh best in the NBA. Also, he is the 15th best person in the NBA as far as assists would be concerned. And once again, one of the most exciting players in the NBA. It wouldn't be um, it would be somewhat unusual for someone with his years of experience getting MVP award, but Derrick Rose got it, folks, not, not you know many many years ago, in his, in his third year in the NBA. Uh, so, it, it, if it happens, it would not uh, be a precedent-setting uh, event to to, uh, to a certain degree. But uh, there's no question in my mind that the number one guy is still Embiid holding that holding down that spot. The team went seven and three this week. They're they're in the third position in the East, forty and twenty five. Um, you know they had a little run in with the the Nets, and the Nets played uh, the game of the of the of their lives, or the game of the year for them because the Nets are barely barely above five hundred. And I, I'm saying that because they did win that game against the Knicks because the Knicks didn't know how to win, and. They should not have, but the Knicks didn't know how to win. So they're 34 and 35, but still in the last 10 games, they've only won four of the last 10 games. The Nets are being led by um, by Durant, who's, who once again hasn't played enough games to start to register his numbers with with all of this, the uh, the, cat, the respective categories, scoring, rebounding, assists. But uh, once again, we hope that he, he can play for the rest of the season. And he's definitely going to be as if I think you already have him, Gary, as one of the all NBA players. I did not because I, I don't think he's played, even if he does make it, because there, even if he does make the threshold of playing enough games, I would not put him in the first or second team at this point. Uh, so, anyhow, Gary, those are my top three guys for MVP. And I, at my numbers, my, my rankings hasn't, haven't changed. You know, I have Dotsik and, and the Joker you know, being in the fourth and fifth spots, respectively. And I see DeRosa kind of going down a little bit, even though he's averaging 28 points a game. I don't know how you can call that going down. And I see Jason Tatum coming going up because he has led those Celtics into that fifth spot. They've won eight out of their last 10 games thus far, Gary. They're 41 and 27. And quite frankly, they're pushing the Bulls. They're, they're not that far, half a game out of out of that fourth position over the Bulls. So they're making a a push at this time. You know, Jalen Brown's playing well, averaging 23 points a game. He's the 16th best score in the NBA. So they have that dynamic duel. Like the Bulls, the Bulls have DeRosa and they have Levine, but uh, the Celtics have, uh, you know, they have Tatum and Brown, and they're, they're playing extremely well at this point and moving up the ladder. So, Gary, that's a brief review. I, I didn't go through it in my classic way because I'm, I'm, I think we're going to be a little short on time, but any comments well, on what I, what I just went over? As far as the yeah, East and West, yeah, I didn't actually have obvious. A... The Suns are in first place in the in the in the West. They're fifty three and fourteen, playing without Chris Paul, but still winning a winning a game after game. And the Warriors are just they're just the, you know they're, they're in the third spot right now, forty six and twenty two. Well, tied for the second spot with the Grizzlies. Yes, yeah, so it's actually a lot for me to say that you broke down there, Dad. Um, the first thing. Let me give you my MVP uh, list. My MVP list has changed, and I oh. think this. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going off of my, obviously, this is my personal opinion. This is what I would like to see. Uh, the third spot um, is Giannis. I think Giannis, um, unfortunately for him, he will have to put up some extraordinary numbers, like 33 points and like 14 rebounds, fitting <laughs> to win the, you know, fitting to win the MVP against. He's already won two of them, um, in the way that he won those two. Uh, number two for me is actually Joel Embiid. He's fallen from my one spot, and that's mainly. Uh, because of two reasons. One, when he played against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, he didn't, you know, completely dominate the game like I wanted him to. Number one and number two, uh, he has James Harden now, and James Harden's going to take away a lot of that that oomph that Joel Embiid had before when Ben Simmons wasn't playing and it was just him and mm-hmm. the Sixers were playing so well. Okay. And the number one guy for me is John Morant because oh, the fact that okay. the Memphis Grizzlies. They have a chance to be the number two seed in the Western Conference, and nobody saw that coming. Nope. And that's only because of John Morant. He has, he is becoming what they thought Zion would become in New Orleans. And Zion still has time to become that player, obviously. But John Morant is is probably the one of the most exciting players in the NBA, and he's doing it at his height, and he's doing it on a Memphis Grizzly team. That let's be honest. Most people can't name their starting five. So <laughs> if you're able to do that, you know, unless you're a diehard basketball fan, you know, you really can't name their starting five. And you definitely can't name the guys who come off the bench. So uh, that alone is just super impressive. And that's why I give him the uh, the nod as the MVP. I get it. I understand Joel Embiid will probably win the MVP. But I would like to see John Morant win the MVP, especially the Memphis Grizzlies are the number two seed in the Western Conference. That is extremely impressive because historically the Western Conference has been a tougher conference. Obviously this year, I think the East is, is a better conference. But we got to give John Morant a lot of credit for what he's doing with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, second, you know, you were talking about the Brooklyn Nets. They are 35 and 33. And the Brooklyn Nets are only in the position they're in right now because James Harden quit on their team, which is to be honest. They lost 10 straight games because James Harden quit. And Kyrie Irving was just basically playing by himself. So the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a very, very dangerous team. And um, against this, um, against the Knicks, uh, Seth Curry didn't play in this game. So that's a that's big... That's right. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. That's a big punch that they didn't have in this game. I did think it was kind of interesting that... Kyrie Irving bought his ticket to sit courtside at the Brooklyn Net game, but he's still not allowed to play. That's another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that is the case. Uh, but, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a very tough team uh, to play against uh, in the postseason. And unfortunately, because the Cavs have so many injuries, just like the Chicago Bulls, they're starting to slide. And there's a possibility that, that Kyrie may be able to play playing game with the Cavs continue to slide. I don't want that to happen because, you know, I like the story of the Cleveland Cavaliers and I like what they have done all year long. Uh, but, but no, the NBA right now is going to be, you know, is going to get their wish because the, the playing tournament will be very exciting because LeBron James and Kevin Durant, the, you know, the two big draws, two of the three biggest draws they have in the league will both be playing in the playing tournament, a tournament that we don't want to, you know, exist because it, you know, I think it's bad for the NBA. At first, I thought it would be good for the NBA because it will show teams that we don't really see that often. 
But when you have LeBron and Kevin Durant in the playing tournament, it's going to do the opposite effect. All we're going to do is see them constantly. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I enjoy where the, where the season's going right now. And, um, you know, I have to agree with you as well that DeMar DeRozan is, um, you know, he's sliding out of the MVP conversation. But it's mainly because this is the time of the year where the really good teams are trying to win a championship. They, you know, they rise to the, ex, you know, the expectations while the teams that didn't have those expectations, they start to fail. Yeah, yeah. So all the cream, yeah, that, that does happen like that, Gary. You know, I want to mention uh, one one other player who I, I just saw him play the other night, and you know, I was really surprised by him. Um, he played for Florida State last year. He's a rookie, and his name is Scotty Burns, and he he's really something. He's an interesting player, Gary, and he's averaging about fifteen points a game getting about eight rebounds a game and getting about over three assists a game. And so it's a player just to, to, you know, to tuck in your memory bank because well, you get a chance to see the Raptors play, the Raptors play, you, you're going to be impressed by this guy. And he could be one of the reasons why the Raptors are, you know, they're, they're right in there. They're, they're in that seventh spot. They're 37 and 30. And let me tell you, there was a time in which the Raptors were, were the, the 11th or 12th place team in the East. And now they're, they're, they're solidly in that seventh position, pushing the Cavs, and could end up in that sixth spot. And the Cavs could drop to the, to the seventh spot. And, yeah, I'm going to give the, the Nets their due credit. They, they could push up as well. Uh, they have the ability to do so, no question about that. But Scotty Barnes, a rookie who's, who's really playing really well, a guy from Florida State. Yes, yeah, Dad, I agree with you that Scotty Barnes is a very um, interesting and very exciting player. And the Toronto Raptors are built in a very unique way with a bunch of guys around the 6'7", six, 6'9", six, range besides uh, uh, Van Fleet. So the Raptors are definitely a team to look out uh, for and a team that people should go watch on TV when they have the chance to. Yeah, the guy, you know, he's shooting 49% from the field you know, and, and over 31% from the three-point three line as well. So he's, I don't just to see six seven, but two hundred twenty five pounds, um, solid player, solid player. Don't forget to subscribe.